Hey everybody, Cliff here with Get to KO, and I really hope you love what you're listening to. So did you know that you can get paid for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered it for ourselves. It's a free app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to this podcast. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast, and you earn a PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin into a gift card at places like Starbucks and Amazon. Or, if you're a good person, you could donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. You download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I will have a special code just for you. Simply just use our code, the KO, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to us enough on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and, and sign up with the code the KO. I swear it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the greatest spectacle is being brought to you with Julian Chewbacca Berry, Anthony A. J. Luhan, Flipper, Red John Miller, and this is What the K.O. Welcome everybody to another great edition of Get the K.O. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, and as always, you can see he's right here. He's my co-host. His name is Anthony A.J. Luhan. Say what up. You can call me Lou, but fight me. So, we have a lot of things we got to talk about today, right, Anthony? Tons. Tons, 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 tons of things. Tons. So, we're just going to get right into it. So we're going to start from the bottom up, right? So we do have UFC 242. It just happened this last weekend. We are definitely excited because a lot of cool shit went down. Anthony, let's jump into where we were with predictions going into the fight. Do you have those numbers up? No, because it's a brand new month. We started zeros. We started all the way at zeros now with this being our first fight card. Coming up with UFC 242. So, we're going to start from the bottom up. As we said before, um, these are for punishments, which we have not decided on what the punishments are going to be. But they will be coming. Except one we know, but the other two, we haven't, the other one we haven't figured out yet. We're like, we got to get it, get it figured out. I don't know. Poor Julie. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, let's start us off right up from the bottom, right? So, Carlos Diego Ferreira versus uh, Maribek Tussamuv. Um I think you ha- you and Julie had Carlos in this fight, correct? Yeah. Because I uh, was on the other we, side. And you had the other one because you didn't know how to pronounce his name. Yep. And Maribek, um did not come through for me in this fight. So, Maribek lost this fight in decision, as I had mentioned, right? So, Carlos Diego Ferreira. Uh, given the total stats, of course, as always, we have these stats coming off of Google, Google.com. Of course, now I'm going to stutter on it. Um, total strikes, 112 of two, uh, 329. Significant strikes are 109 of 326 and 0 for 2 for the takedowns for Carlos Diego Ferreira. Now, Maribek, 51 to 160. Uh, total strikes, significant strikes, and 0 for 2 in his takedowns. This was a fight that was definitely controlled, 
and uh, yeah, just never seemed to get out the blocks for Merbeck. Uh, scorecards had it 29-28, 29-27, and 29-27. Um, unanimous decision. It was it was one of those fights where you had, it seemed like, just, like I said, a guy never got the blocks. It just, he just got smoked all over the place. Um, even though, like, he was 0 for 2 for his takedowns, um, Diego Farrell was able to pressure the fight, push guys into the cage, walk the fight out. Maribek just just didn't have any answers. Anthony, what were you thinking about this fight? I don't like this fight, and here's the reason why. Um... 329 total strikes were thrown by Carlos Diego Ferreira, and he only landed 34% of his strikes. He um, that mean, he missed over half of it, like almost almost a full third of it. Like, you're not very accurate. Get back to the gym. Work on your strikes. Work on your combos, and then come back and figure it out. That you do that against you could you do that against any top 10 person in your division, you're getting smoked. Yeah. It is something to be said too, is that in the light, especially with a lightweight, which we'll talk more about some of the fighters, especially in that top ten, um, in the top five. Um, it's just something to be said that like when you're not accurate with any of your strikes and you're opening up a lot of holes, you're gonna get knocked out. And it's uh, even if you don't get knocked out, you're just not winning the fight. Thirty-two percent or thirty-four percent is not good. You want to be up and running that fifty percent kind of striking. You want to land a lot of blows. You don't want to throw too many feints because you're not. You don't want to give your timing away. So it is something to be said, but Carlos Diego Ferra is a, is a younger kind of fighter. So hopefully, you know, as we get, keep seeing him more and more in the octagon, we'll see him grow into uh, that predominant role. You got anything else you want to talk about on this fight? No, not really. I mean, that was a hard one to watch to, to, for that to be the, the beginning of it. Thank God this next fight... Uh, Pick this, pick this up a little bit. Yeah, so let's just jump right into it, right? So Shamil Abudinmov, um, again, another name I'm going to slaughter, but I didn't go with this person. All three of us went with uh, Curtis Blades, and for good reason, because he has the deadliest elbows in the game. Um, so we'll get into it. It was a second-round TKO uh, for Curtis Blades, uh, 46 of 74, for his total strikes, 25 of 43. For his significant strikes, 5 for 5 for his takedowns. I think they said that he was the 7th UFC heavyweight to land all 5 takedowns that he attempted in the UFC. Uh, so it's a great stat. Uh, Shamil, 3 for 8 for his total strikes and 3 for 8 for his significant strikes. Obviously, you can see this fight got taken to the ground and it was just a lot of ground to pound by Curtis Blades. Uh, just brutal elbows being dropped, and it was just a it was a no hope situation for uh, Shamil. So congratulations, to Curtis Blades, Anthony. What did you think of the fight? Um, I'm 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 happy for Curtis Blades in that win. I'm gonna see what he does next. Does he go against uh, JDS or does he do we do we see Francis Nagano next against? Uh, against Stipe, or does Curtis Blades try Nagano for the third time? Um, that heavyweight division is so thin that I don't know who to, who to even go after. I mean, you... Can... 
Those are my kids, by the way. Um, that is recording, so you need to, to close that door. Thank you. <laughs> are you kidding me right now? <laughs> All right, so back to the fights. Hey, those are my kids, by the way. My son has his shirt off. Um, definitely. Uh, even Andre Olovsky might be a good uh, uh, fight for Curtis Blades. Yeah, I think for Curtis Blades right now, I think Francis Nagano has to be in the discussion point. Um, JDS is definitely a good call out. I definitely like to see that fight go down. Um, there is another fighter that I would like to see, but first I want to see how this fighter performs this weekend before I jump the gun and say that's who he should be fighting next. So we'll talk about that fighter in a little bit, but let's... Uh, Move up to the next fight, right? So, as many of you guys know, last week I kept slaughtering this man's name. This week I got it right this time. Islam Makovech versus Davey Ramos. Um, <laughs> I took Islam. You, who'd you take, Anthony? I took uh, Islam. I think we all, all three of us took Islam. We all three took Islam. And, by decision, Islam won this fight. Uh, scorecard had it. Uh, 29, 27, 30, 26, 30, 26, which obviously tells you the testament of how he was. 88 of 148 for his total strikes, 43 of 95 for his significant strikes, 0 for 1 for his takedowns. However, Davey was 27 of 80 for his total strikes, 7. 7 of 58 for his significant strikes, 0 for 1 for his, uh, his takedowns. And we joke about it a lot, but it's a serious point that we bring up. When you land more punches than somebody attempts, you're going to lose that fight. But when you only land seven of those significant strikes, you are going to lose that fight. And that's exactly what we saw happen in this fight. What do you think, Anthony? Seven strikes. For those of you who don't know, Anthony is like falling asleep. On he's he's forgetting that we have a podcast as well that this goes up on. Can, can you can you hear my son meltdown right now? <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't hear him. That's a two year old for you. Seven strikes. That's all I can say about that. I don't even know. Seven strikes. Move on. <laughs> so obviously that was a big disappointment. And in the fight that Julie said, nobody loses this fight. Everybody wins. By the way, in case you guys didn't know, Julie is having technical difficulties once again with her uh, camera. So, hopefully next week we will see her on. But, in the fight that she claimed no losers happened, every fan of the UFC is a winner in this fight. She is correct. Um, Edson Barboza versus Paul Felder. Here's what we got. Total strikes that were thrown by Edson, right? 77 of 133. Significant strikes for 60 of uh, 114. One for three for takedowns for Edson. Paul Felder, 75 of 174. 56 of 154. 0 for two for takedowns. And the scorecards had this fight. 27-30, 29-28, 30-27. All for your winner, Paul Felder. And it was an amazing fight. I, I can't even... Fake it. Like, it was just a complete uh, bloodfest like we were looking for. 
uh, Edson landing devastating kick after devastating kick and just making sure that it was going to be well known that he was going to try to keep landing those kicks. Uh, Paul takes a punch, walks through the punch, delivers his punches and, and, and bunches while he's walking through. So it was a big, big up, a big, great fight, and I just I wish I could see this run back again six months from now. What do you think, Anthony? Um, I, it was such a good fight, but I really think that Edson got hosed. I really had Edson winning this fight. He looked like he controlled most of the fight. Um, but I'm not a judge. I don't get paid to judge. That's what you get for leaving it in the judge's hands. That is what you get for leaving it in the judge's hands. Um, and then we have... The fight that everybody wanted to see. Anthony was so excited for this fight. So was I. So was Julie. So was the rest of the MMA nation. As the Diamond Dustin Poirier fights Khabib Nakamura. And in this fight, it was stopped in the third round. Total strikes for Khabib. 54 of 76 for total strikes. Significant strikes for 22 of 41. Takedowns. Seven of eight. My man Khabib landed more takedowns than Davey Ramos did significant strikes. I just want to point that out there. It sounds messed up, but it is what it is. Uh, (laughs) He also had two submission attempts. Dustin Poirier, 30 of 57, 12 of 39. And his significant strikes, no takedowns, one submission attempt. Now, it is to be noted that in the second round, there was a submission attempt by Dustin. He had locked in a really tight guillotine, um, and Khabib acknowledged that. But once Dustin readjusted the his his uh, guillotine choke, uh, Khabib said he felt it a lot more, and he was he wasn't trying to panic because he felt that Dustin's strength was starting to give out. Um, Some be told too, Dustin, who's been known for having great cardio, just died out in the third round. Um, and just gave up the rear naked choke, which apparently, I didn't know this, but this was his second, so Khabib's second time ever winning by a rear naked choke. Like, it was brought up on the UFC um, after the fights, and it was it was definitely a crazy stat, because even Khabib was like, that is, that is number two? He said, that's two? <laughs> so, it was, it was definitely uh, pretty cool to see, but, um, so yeah, Anthony, what do you think about this fight? Um... It went on as planned. I definitely had uh, hopes for Dustin, but Khabib's a mauler. He, he's going to get in your face. He's going to take you down. He's going to put his body weight on you, put your legs, crisscross your legs as he's putting a leg, leg triangle around your legs, and you know, going to make you carry his weight. So he just, just suffocates you. Um, shout out to Dustin. He, he did look like he did hurt Khabib during the exchange in the second round. Um, Khabib's Khabib did probably one of the greatest lightweights of all time. Um, as I'm pulling up uh, Khabib's record, which everybody knows it's 28-0. Um, trying to find the other rear naked choke that he did. Oh, against uh, Kamal Shaloris. But he, I guess they, they changed the uh, the Connor. uh 
submission to a neck crank, not a yeah. submit, not a. So definitely, shout outs to Khabib. Yeah, because I feel where you're gonna come from too. Because I was thinking the same thing that Khabib. I thought Khabib tapped out Connor to a to a choke, but then when I remember he was on the cage and he was like turned this way and he was just getting cranked over. And he was just like, oh, dick, and then he tapped. So Connor's a bitch. <laughs> Um, so there's another fight that I want to talk about that was on here. And Anthony, I don't know if you heard about this one or not. Uh, Ottoman uh, Alizatar versus uh, Timu, it's a Timu uh, Pakalin. Um, it was it was in a prime. It was in the in the fight card on ESPN Plus. Um, it was a it was a it was a knockout by a punch. And the reason I bring up this because we talk about these kind of fun knockouts all the time. And the reason I bring this one up, right? And we, we talk about those shut-off switch, right? This, this, the kill button that just puts a person out instantly. And um, Timu just never saw this overhand right come. And as the overhand right comes, it lands and it hits Timu right in the back head. And Ottoman shuts him down. And he starched him. And you can see by Anthony's face. Wow. <laughs> it is one of the most devastating knockouts I think I've ever seen. I've never seen a dude go starch from a punch like that. So if you guys get a chance, definitely go check out Ottoman. Um, he was a prelim fight, and the fight, it's pretty quick. But, um, yeah, devastating knockout by him. <laughs> what did you think, Anthony? <laughs> Holy smokes. It wasn't even like he like a haymaker. It was just like one of those whoops. Not yep. cold. <laughs> Put them out cold. So, yeah, guys, uh, definitely that's that's a recommendation fight. Um, we like to talk about the prelims, but we don't get to talk about them as much because we're so focused on uh, the main card fights. So this is why we bring it up when we get a chance to. Um, there were some other fights that happened. Um, we're going to get into one right now. So uh, 1FC happened on September 6th, uh, and it was their uh, Immortal Triumph card. So, I'm going to slaughter so many names. I apologize so to all of the fighters I slaughtered their names on. So, first we had uh, Michael Pham from the UK. He won at the featherweight Muay Thai uh, against Mohamed Farik uh, Ben Yusuf. Uh, then we had a catchweight Muay Thai fight. Uh, Amber Kitchen from the UK, who unfortunately lost to Victoria uh, Lipin Aska um, of Slovakia. Um, then we had a flyweight Muay Thai, uh, Sing Tung Noi, poor Tilakun. Uh, he lost to uh, Momotaro, uh, moving up to the welterweight kickboxing. Uh, Santino Verbeek uh, won against uh, Juan Cervantes. And then we had um, Mong Potech Pakadi Academy uh, versus Joseph Lasari. Uh, Mong won that fight as well. Once we move up into the main card, we had Pen Payaka Jit Muyangdong. Uh, he won against uh, Mashid Kudo. Uh, we had Bing uh, Nguyen at uh, Adam Waite versus uh, Pujar Tamar uh, uh, by one that fight. Chris Nugent from Australia, he came out with a win against uh, Yunori Ogasara. And then we had a light heavyweight kickboxing match with Bay Bulut uh, Isave versus Anderson Silva. 
and not that Anderson Silva. Um, but Anderson Silva did win. Uh, New Jan Tran died not from Vietnam. Uh, he was in a flyweight uh, Muay Thai versus Aswan Chin Wee. Uh, he won by knockout in the third round. Uh, Bantamweight Muay Thai. Uh, Kubla Dam Sor John Peak Utai uh, defeated Bobo Sacco of France. And then Nango Gaiudado versus Bryce uh, Delva of Algeria. Um, Nango won that fight. Um, I know I slaughtered a lot of those names. I'm sorry. I'm not perfect at this. Um, but uh, some of the big names, though, it was something that caught Anthony's attention, too, was uh, uh, Bobo Sacco. Um, we are still learning, about, like, at least on the Muay Thai side of things. But... I've seen him fight in other fights. It's just hard to recall some of his fights as well. Um, any key names out there that stick out to you, Anthony? Hey, not really. But fun fact, the United States went 1-0. <laughs> right, by, by led the way for that. Um, however, we do got to talk about Bellator 226. Um, a lot of great fights on this. Um, and we're going to kind of run into this card as well. Uh, Daniel uh, Carey defeated uh, Gaston Balos by submission and guillotine at 415 in the first round. Mayo Sanchez defeated Taiwan Claxton by submission and triangle choke, 411 of the second round. Uh, Pedro Cavallo defeated Sam Cecilia by submission. Uh, face crank. And it was <laughs> it, it was what it sounds like. Uh, 156 of round two. Uh, Alan Borick versus Pat Curran uh, by TKO punches. Five minutes in second round. Uh, Derek Campos defeated uh, Daniel Strauss uh, by unanimous decision. 30-26, 30-25, 30-25. That fight, I do believe, is for the new uh, Grand Prix that's going on, Anthony. Just to give you a heads up. Um, mm-hmm. And last but not least, we're going to talk about this fight a little bit. Um, so Ryan Bader versus Czech Congo ends in no contest after an accidental eye poke by Bader at 3.51 in the first round. Here's what happened, okay? Just to give you guys an idea. Bader goes in for a takedown. He goes, gets the takedown. He sweeps the legs down. He starts uh, Czech Congo, goes to wall crawl up. As he goes to wall crawl up, you see Ryan Bader take his hand and bring it across Czech Congo's face. And as he brings it across his face, his thumb actually goes into Czech Congo's eye. And um, Czech instantly starts waving. Um, he can't see. The uh, doctors look in his face, look at his eyes, start doing a light test. He can't see anything. Fight's called off. Um, a lot of guys know how tough Czech Congo is. So for Czech to say something about a fight um, speaks a lot about how much pain he was in, or just how much danger he was in uh, because of the fight. So, big ups. Uh, I know Ryan didn't want to win by no contest. He definitely wanted to win this fight, but there was some more drama that happened after, and we will talk about that and the fuck happened uh, in our next in our segment at the end of the show. Um, with that being said, we do have some other fights that are coming up. Don't you agree, Anthony? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, cowboy. So, we will get into Fight Night 158. Um, 
we are doing predictions for this fight. So, um, Anthony, I know we still have, like, we have some good time. So, we can kind of dip and dive into a couple of these fights, and we'll talk about why we picked the way we picked. Um, first up, we have uh, Misha Sirkunov versus Jim Crute. Um, who did you have in this fight? Um, I am taking Jimmy Crute. He's undefeated. And I think he's going to continue to be undefeated. Yeah, so Julie actually took Jim Crute as well. Um, she, like I said, she's not on the show. Technical difficulties. <coughs> I went Misha. I went the other way. I went with uh, my, Misha. Uh, and the reason why was because I slaughtered his last name. Like always. <laughs> it's always a thing for me. <laughs> it's always going to be a thing. Um, next up, uh, we have Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Uriah Hall. Um, Julie has taken Uriah Hall in this fight. Anthony, who'd you take? Uh, this one was a tougher one for me because Uriah Hall hasn't been in the, been doing well since uh, the Ultimate Fighter where he went through everybody until he met up with Kevin Glasslam in the finals and then got wrestled down. Um, but nonetheless, the, it's hard to, hard to go against Uriah Hall when I'm a fan of Uriah Hall, so I'm going to go Uriah Hall. Yeah, and you're right. It's it's a tough tough one to choose, but this is something that's kind of significant. Um, I, on the other hand, went with Antonio Carlos Jr. Um, and for that reason, right? So, as much as everybody's been evolving in the game, I feel like Uriah Hall has kind of plateaued. He's great with his striking. Let's let's not take anything away from that. His strike game is beyond amazing. But with that being said, he. Every other part of his game just kind of suffers. So hopefully this fight that comes up, um, he'll show me something different, and I'll start believing in him again. Uh, next fight that we have up, Michael Pereira versus Sergi Kananovko. Who did you take? I am taking Michael for one reason. I can pronounce his name. <laughs> so myself and Julie are taking Sergi. I'm obviously taking Sergi as well because I slaughtered his last name. Uh, next fight up, we have Jeff Hughes versus the returning Todd Duffy. Um, yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. This is, okay, so this is the first fight, and we can talk about this fight because I'm excited about this. I remember watching Todd Duffy debut against Tim Haig, um, God, 10 years ago, right? Back in 2009. Um, then he kind of took a hiatus back in 2015, hasn't been in the octagon for four years. Now he's coming back. He says he feels good. Um, a lot of surgeries, um, MRSA, illnesses, mismanagement of his career, a lot of bad things have happened. Um, however, he is getting back into the octagon, which I'm very excited about. So with that being said, Anthony, who did you take? I'm not going against Todd Duffy. He lost his last fight, which was in July of 2015, to Frank Muir by TK or by, by KO in the first round. But if you look at that, everybody else, he lost to Alistair Overeem and uh, Mike Rosso, Russo. But one, two, three, four, five, five round, five of his last fights, first round knockouts, win or loss. So Todd, Todd Duffy gonna take it in. It's funny, man, because we were talking about the dad life, and literally my daughter decided that she wanted to ask if she could have dessert. Like, she just knocks on the door, opens the door, and was like, can I have dessert? I'm like, 
yeah, you can have dessert. <laughs> Bring me one too. So, um, okay, so I'm going to be honest, right? So I've been a huge fan of Todd Duffy. I've watched a lot of things he's done um, since he left. Uh, Never back down to. I don't know why I watched that movie, but I did. Um, shout out to Nathan Jones. Um, but then also, you know, he was in The Dark Knight, which a lot of people didn't realize. And then um, he's he's been in so many different movies, right? And been doing a lot of other projects. Uh, but I remember the fight that he had with Alistair. I remember the fight he had with Frank Mir. I remember the fight that he had with Tim Haig. He's had a lot of crazy fights and a lot of things that have happened. Um, so I'm really pulling for Todd Duffy. And here's why. I feel like all of the injuries that he's had, he's been able to heal from. He's, you know, back in the octagon training. I don't know how much sparring he's been doing. But what I am excited about is the potential that he could be that guy who steps up into the next round, right? And I say that in a sense that we just literally ask, who does Curtis Blades fight next? Because the heavyweight division is thin. This is that guy. Todd Duffy should be that guy to be able to fight. Um, so with that being said, I chose Jeff Hughes. I'm just kidding. I took Todd Duffy. <laughs> 100%. Um, so the next fight that we have, Glover Teixeira versus Nikita Krylov. Uh, Anthony, who do you have in this fight? Um, You know, Glover has been up and down his... Uh last few fights like Glover's getting old hands down is what's happening I mean the dude is 39 years old um but both fights that that last two fights that he's won he's had a comeback from getting and won by rear naked choke so let's keep it up let's make it three in a row so you're taking Glover I'm taking Glover okay and then um Julie is also taking Glover. Um, I'm not going to. I'm going to take Nikita. So Nikita Krylov, man, do not let me down. Um, the funny thing is, is like we've gone so many different ways. This, this could be a great thing or a terrible thing <laughs> going into this. Right. Um, last but not least, we have Cowboy Donald Cerrone versus Justin Gaethje. Um, I don't even have to ask. But I'm going to. Anthony, who did you pick? Um. Justin Gaethje. Psych! <laughs> I went Donald Cerrone. You ain't going against my favorite fighter. I will never, ever pick against Donald Cerrone. Cowboy, let's giddy up. Yeah, so uh, this is kind of a big fight, right? Because Justin Gaethje... Is also uh, coming off of a huge, huge fight. Um, and the last time we saw Donald Cerrone, he was in the octagon with Tony Ferguson. Um, you know, El Kukui and him went to town. And because of a broken nose, stuff happens. Justin Gaethje is coming off of a huge win. Uh, first round TKO of Edson Barboza. So this would be a good test for Donald Cerrone. I can't wait to see this fight. Uh, this should be a complete bloodbath of just guys wanting to go to town i mean i don't really know how to how to not say it uh julie is also picking donald cerrone i am picking donald cerrone in this fight so we think donald cerrone is going to beat justin gaethje um i i yeah wow it's it's this is one of those fights where nobody's going to lose this fight 
there's only winners. Except I, Donald Cerrone's nose. That's the only right? answer. I, uh, here's the thing. And Eddie Alvarez, uh, he, he gave us a glimpse of how you beat Justin Gaethje. And Edson Barboza really didn't even get a chance to do it. But just suffocate him. Kick him, punch him in the stomach. Donald Cerrone has side kicks. He has a front kick. I just think that he's going to kick the air out of him. And eventually, Justin's going to be too tired to play. Right. No, I I agree, man. I think uh, I think the one thing about Justin is that when he gets tested and gets pushed to a limit, he can rise to the next level. But the unfortunate thing is that he's also been known to just kind of drop the ball when certain things happen. Obviously, he only has two losses, but it's more about the pressure situation that he gets put into, and sometimes he's been known to crack versus become a diamond. So, obviously, we know Donald Cerrone. He is what we get what we get with him, and we know what we're going to get with him. Just this crazy dude who says, fuck it, just go out there and beat this guy's ass, and then he does it. So, big shout-outs. That's kind of like all the fights that we got coming up. Anthony, let's talk about our new segment that we love talking about all the time. The fuck happened. So what the fuck happened. Let's talk about some stuff, man. What happened? Alright. So do you want breaking news or do you want news that we were t- kind of talking about doing today? Let's go with uh let's go with breaking news. Breaking news Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Vince A. Lukey at UFC two forty four just announced. Nice. There you go. Breaking news. You got it firsthand right here from us. Well, not really. It's more like we got it from secondhand, but but we got it nonetheless. We so we can talk about this fight, but I I know there's another fight on 244 that we need to talk about. That the New York fight. Like, let's be real. We have a new belt that's being introduced just for this one fight, right? So let's dive into it, right? Nate Diaz, George Mazadal, 244, New York City. I think it's at Madison Square Garden, isn't it? Yes, sir. So we're talking about MSG. We're about to have one of the craziest fights of all time, right? Obviously, George Mazadal is coming off of his huge knockout of Ben Askren. We just watched Nate Diaz go into a bloodbath. It's, where do we even go from here? Like, this is the I, this is the BMF. Like this is the kind of fights that UFC fans deserve. Like we've asked for these kind of fights when it came to like GSP versus Anderson Silva. We've asked for these fights when it came to Brock Lesnar and uh, John Jones. We've asked for these kind of fights to be given to us, and now we're actually getting our first real super fight. So, Anthony, let's dive into this, man. What is your first thought process of this Nate Diaz versus George Masvidal for the BMF title? Well, let's let's really think about this. Uh, George Masvidal's got some power. I mean, we sat there. We didn't think anybody was going to be able to knock out um, Darren Till. Uh, Darren Till came off a loss to Tyron Woodley where Woodley, he hit him, and he, he dropped him once, but then... When they took it to the ground, he got him in that Darce choke. Um, and then you get George Mazzaval, who just wailed on him. Knocked him out. I think it was like one of these 
sweet. It was like a half-assed um, uppercut and knocked out Darren Hill. Then he gets a five-second win against Ben Askren, which who knows what happens. Who really knows what happens after those five seconds if that hasn't happened? It's kind of like the Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo. What really happens if Conor doesn't get the 14-second knockout? Um, that's a hard one to do. Nate Diaz, though, is on another level. Like, Anthony Pettis is a, one bad motherfucker. Like, he's had some... He's, he, he's had two good fights now. Anthony Pettis uh, versus uh, Al Kukui. That was a bloodbath. And, and then Anthony Pettis versus Nate Diaz, where Nate Diaz just dominated him. Like, no ring rust, nothing. Or cage rust, sorry. Nothing. Um... Two of the baddest motherfuckers are, are about to fucking get it going. Crazy. Yeah, I'm very excited about this fight because, you know, we, we've watched George Mavsdahl go to war with, like, everybody under the sun. And now we're seeing one of the baddest dudes in the UFC who calls out BMFs left and right enter in and this is one and done deal like this belt is only being made for this one fight and dana felt that it was appropriate to have this belt showcase and then one of these guys are going to be able to talk about how they are the bmf so for ufc 244 madison square garden the headlining fight is for the bmf title nate diaz george mavdal i cannot wait to see what's going to happen in this in this round um anthony what else other news do you have for us for um the folk happen. Let's talk about what might happen at MSG when one of these guys win the belt. George has been campaigning for it, but he wants The Rock to be there and to be able to put the belt on whoever wins this title. How crazy would it be for The Rock to be there? Yeah, so for you guys who don't know, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson... Um, that's his first last name, The Rock, and then his nickname is Dwayne Johnson. Um, so The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, has actually tweeted out that he wants to be uh, at the fight. And he said he's going to do everything he can to be at the fight. And he even asked Dana if he could be the person to put the belt on that person, whoever wins that fight. I don't, I don't know if I could think of another person that I would have put that belt on somebody. Like, currently. I, if we were saying all-time... Bruce Lee probably would be my dude. That yeah, bad motherfucker. That's who it is. Actually, you know what? I can think of one other person I would have put on the BMF belt on the waist. Samuel L. Jackson, because Samuel L. Jackson is a bad motherfucker. Yo, he. You cannot say Anthony. For those who don't know, he's just shaking his head at me. You cannot say that because he has a wallet. That says, bad motherfucker. He has a lightsaber that says, bad motherfucker. Samuel L. Jackson is a bad man. <laughs> I, I, would, I would say I, I want Morgan Freeman to do it with his hands. Just, just like... <laughs> hey, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> no. Um, there, there's a couple names. I mean, Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal... Um, like you said, Bruce Lee. Joe Rogan. Jack, Jackie Chan. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I accept. I mean, there's, there's a couple things. Yeah, I mean, this is this is our fantasy of who would... Who, who Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, That's it. Arnold. <laughs> um, fuck all that. No way. I, I'll tell you who needs to put that belt. And Dana White, you better get this done. You better get a plane ticket. But I better be that MSG putting the belt around somebody's waist. <laughs> Just advocate for yourself. <laughs> right? I am There's... the baddest motherfucker, Dana White. I should be putting it on the baddest motherfucker in the UFC because you're too chicken to sign me. Oh. <laughs> he about to. Or it might be it might be because I'm 34, fat, and out of shape. One of those two. <laughs> so, what else do we have in other stories? Um, Dustin coming off the loss to uh, to Khabib, really thinking that Dustin versus Connor. Um happen uh but connor's in a mix of like four foot like four guys are trying to pull connor in his way like all different ways you got dustin poirier you got um you got frankie at edgar down there i mean jose waldo jose aldo might want him <laughs> um but if tony ferguson pulls out of the uh the Khabib fight, Khabib Connor too could happen too. Yeah, so this is a story that's been kind of breaking lately. A lot of negotiation problems have been going on um, with uh, this Khabib uh, Ferguson fight. Um, it seems like both sides are trying to negotiate and try to figure out how they're going to make it work. But it sounds like one camp is like saying no to everything, while one camp is saying yes to everything. So I'm very curious into what's going on, and I think it might be a, a location deal. Because I don't know if they, you know, they want to fight here in the U.S. or if they want to fight elsewhere. Um, I just think uh, either way it goes down, um, the fight just needs to happen. So I don't really care where, I don't care when. It just needs to happen. That has to be the fight. I don't really know if I agree with Connor, uh, Khabib too. I know it'll sell, but I wouldn't have the title on the line for it then because Connor has already been beaten by Khabib ruthlessly beaten and Connor didn't have an answer so I would think that Connor needs to get into a fight with somebody to get that next title shot I understand he's a big draw I understand he's Connor McGregor I understand that stuff but he can take his Irish number 12 whiskey and keep selling it and earn a fight to fight Khabib that's what I think um I think if a person deserves to be uh the next fighter up it, I would just venture off and go back to Dustin. I thought Dustin landed a lot of good shots. I thought Dustin deserved. He he was working for that win. He landed a big shot on Khabib. And it shows that Khabib still has some holes in his game. Not many, but he does have a couple holes in his game. And Dustin was able to exploit a couple things. I think if Dustin conditioned himself a lot better for the fight and understood exactly where Khabib wanted to take the fight, he would have done. It, he would have defended well and he would have won. Um, so, I think Dustin should get that second crack. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, there's no news on Kane Velasquez fighting. They don't know what's going to happen, so we're just going to talk about him. If some of y'all don't know, Kane Velasquez is probably one of the most dominant champs in heavyweight, UFC heavyweight history. He took the title from Brock Lesnar, lost it to JDS, took it from JDS, uh, 
losing it to who did he lose it to last? I don't recall. It was. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he did actually. I think he might have uh, relinquished it due to his back injuries. Actually, um, I found I got his record up here. Oh no, he lost to uh, uh, Fabricio Rudum. Oh yeah, that's in right. Mex- in uh, in and I think it was in Mexico City, um, but really hasn't done much after out since then. He uh, beat Travis Brown by T- uh, TKO in 2016, and then his last loss to Francis. But he's a bigger star in another prom- in another promotion. Like if some of y'all don't know, he professional wrestles in uh, Lucha Libre. Yeah, Triple L- and he's talked to WWE, he's talked to AEW, all the big promotions that are going on. So, shout out to Kane for doing that. Um, what's your what's your take on that, Cliff? Or do you have one? Um, as far as him, like I watched him in that. Um, so, if you guys didn't know, Lucha Libre, um, AAA, they had their big uh, WrestleMania type event. I guess for some of you guys who know what that means, it's kind of like the Super Bowl of like Luchador wrestling. Um, but Cain Velasquez looked amazing. Um, if you guys haven't seen that wrestling match, if you are interested in that kind of style, go check it out. He does, like, big springs. He's able to do a hurricanrana and, like, head scissor takeovers. It's insane. The things that he's able to do with his back being uh, recovered, um, I was definitely impressed. Uh, I know Cody Rhodes was in the match as well, and Cody said it himself, too. He was like, damn, like, we should really sign this guy. So we'll see what happens. Um, and as far as Kane goes, getting back into the UFC, into MMA, I just don't see it happening. Um, he's a great fighter. He'll always be a great fighter, but unfortunately the game caught up to him and it's past him. So I don't know if I would want him back in. Fair. I, I call that fair. Um, so I have two other things that, w- that we want. Oh, I yeah, got one other thing that I want to talk about and then I'm going to dig deep in another thing. Um. We were talking about Bellator 226 main event. What happened afterwards? Yeah, so let's get into this, right? Uh, Ryan Bader, obviously, with Czech Congo. We said that eye poke happened. Um, but then, uh, was it during the press conference that we had an unexpected visitor run in and kind of start some trash talk with uh, Ryan Bader? That man being Quentin Rampage Jackson. Yes, that Rampage Jackson. Um Really sounds like he wants to fight Ryan Bader like badly. Um, yeah, that didn't happen during the press conference. It happened right after the fight during the post uh, fight interview. Um, it's sad. It's sad to see uh, that this stuff happens. We we try to get away from people. Jumping into the cage, jump going through the doors into the cage. Uh, Eric Khabibing out the cage to jump on somebody. <laughs> Eric Khabibing, <laughs> um, which shout out to you. he did it. He did it again after he beat Dustin just to give uh, Dana a hug. Um, but with like with that whole Eric Khabib thing going on, his guys jumping in the cage, Connor jumping in the cage for other promotions. And then you had the Brock Lesnar DC situation. Uh, now you get Rampage, who just comes into the Bellator cage and just uh, walks through and says he, he wants to fight. 
was a fight Bader. Um, Ryan Bader. Yeah. That, I mean, it sucks to see that. Um, really, though, do you deserve it? That's the thing. He TKO'd uh, Waterley Silva uh, in September of last year. Yeah. Before that, he lost to Chael Sonnen and uh, King Mo for Bellator. I mean, he's 2-2 two and two in the Bellator. Do you re- really deserve that title shot yet? You know, it's funny because, like, selling tickets-wise, I can see why this would be a big deal, um, especially because Quentin Rampage Jackson. But it goes back to something that I talked about um, in not just a few episodes ago. It's been a long time since I talked about it. I guess we'll end up talking about it now. It'll be the first time I talk about it on YouTube. Look at all these fighters from the UFC who were cut from the UFC, had success at Bellator. And it's not going to sound cool for me to say it this way, but if effectively, if it's, to me it sounds like Bellator's A team is the UFC's B team. And the UFC B team is dominating that squad, right? Um, just look at it. Like Frank Mir was there. Shel Sonnen was there. Ryan Bader is there. Uh, Phil Davis is there. Um... Who else? Um, geez, Czech Congo was there. You know, uh, Leota Machida, which by all means, I'm not saying that he's one of those guys, but he is in that. He is, is in that world. Roy McDonald. Roy McDonald, who's another champion who wasn't able to do things in the uh, in the UFC. He made a name for himself in the UFC, but eventually he got cut. I think John Fitch fights in that promotion every once in a while too, like. It's crazy. Koscheck, Paul Daly, um, guys who were just in the UFC. Like these were guys who, well, Paul Daly's kind of an exception. He got booted out of the UFC after sucker punching Josh Koscheck. But um, you're just looking at these guys. You're looking at these guys like what? Why are why are the UFC's B team able to dominate in this promotion? And they can sell fights. I give them that. But it's just I want to see new stars get pushed into a division and not. These guys, you know what I mean. Here, here's the thing. You're two and two again. I'm gonna go to you're two and two in the UFC. In the Bellator. Fight or or Bellator. Fight Jack Hagar. Jake. Yeah. Or Jack Hagar. Uh, Jake. Hagar, and, and he's two and zero. Fight him. Let's see what you're really about, because. Uh. Hagar's a bad motherfucker, unfortunately. Like, he's shown he's got some great wrestling, and he can take a punch. So, let, let's beat that matchup. And then we'll talk about maybe giving you a title shot. But you just can't jump in a cage demand things like he does. I mean, it sucks. I had so, I love I love Rampage. I love the, to the, uh, to the, to his rants when he was against Rashad and uh, the Ultimate Fighter and not kicking the door, kicking through the door. Um, bro, just man up. Yeah, I don't know if Jake, I don't know if Jake Hager would be the matchup I would put him with. Um, I may ask for him to fight Big Country. That might be a matchup I would say, because especially with the heavyweight division, I only say because Jake is so young in the game still. Like he's only two and zero. He's had two professional fights. He's done great things, but he's really fought nobodies. And until you give him that first real test. I don't see it happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel for you there. Um, and I'm looking out for Bobby Jake's Lashley. Career. Is still active, by the way, in the in the in in, the, in Bellator. But 
the WWE have the rights to him, and if they don't want him to go fight, they won't let him. Even though they let Brock Lesnar go fight in heavyweight uh, UFC 200, I don't see the WWE being so lenient with Bobby Lashley, especially now that Bobby Lashley has undergone elbow surgery. Oh, yeah. That is right. Um, And you also got Frank Mir out there, too. Yeah, we'll just skip that name. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that, that's my opinion. Man up, dude. So what else do we have going on in uh, The Fuck Happened? Before, before I go to this one, what do we have for you? Do you have anything other pressing that you want to talk about? I can't remember. I think we talked about a few things before we came on, but I can't remember. So let's talk about let's talk about USC 244 and what was supposed to be the the main the main event. Do you remember who that was supposed to be? Not at the top of my head, no. Kamaru Usman versus Kobe Covington. They were oh, they were predicting yeah. it, but Kobe Covington stiff feeded and said, "No, I'm not going to fight because you guys don't you guys don't want to pay me big money like they like they they're calling he was calling himself the champ, dude. You're not the champ." You, you're carrying down, you're carrying away the fake title because you wouldn't get in the ring with Kobe coming or with uh, with Tyrone Woodley, and so you got stripped of that title. Kumaru Usman is that man, dude, and you need to buck up, dude. This whole publicity thing, everything that you're doing, you're Kobe is a disgusting prick from all from calling Brazilians animals. To talking about Matt Hughes, running around, just praying around all the UFC like uh, warm ups, anything like like uh, live training sessions, dude. Get out, a fight, sign the line, and fight Usman, or get out of the UFC, dude. Stop holding up. Yeah, um, and you know it goes back to me thinking like. Like, I think there's two different people that we're seeing, right? So there's the Kobe Covington, like, persona of, like, what people expect. And then there's, like, the businessman of Kobe Covington, like, the personal side, right? And it's it's much like, you know, Floyd, right? When Floyd got into the into boxing, you know, he wasn't Floyd Mo- May- Money Mayweather. You know what I mean? Like, he was very quiet. He was very reserved. He didn't really talk a lot of trash. He just kind of was like, hey, like, I'm just here to box. I'm just going to, I'm going to fight. That's what I'm going to do. But then, like, he realized, like, he wasn't getting those big pay-per-view deals that he wanted. And so when he switched over to be Money Mayweather, like, that's when the big names came to him. The Attitude came out. I get money. I get millions of dollars. I'm undefeated in boxing. I'm undefeated at the, in WWE. I'm undefeated in everything that I touch, blah, 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 blah. And it, it was what it was. I think what we're seeing here is Kobe Covington kind of take that playbook and make it more controversial, which is not good for him. But um, yeah, you—it's—it's—it's it's, it's one of those things where you gotta step up. You know, yes, you gotta step up and put your money where your mouth is because you've been writing a lot of checks and you—you you should be fighting for the title. And Kamar Usman is clearly the champ, and you should be fighting the champ. So get in the octagon and fight the champ, or don't. And don't talk about don't, being a champ. Don't get me wrong. Um, dude's a good badass, dude. He he just dominated Robbie Lawler. 
Um, but you he ducked out of Tyrone Woodley. Now he's now he's playing stiff feet with uh, with Kamar Usman. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you what he said, and and it says, "What hap- What happened exactly with the UFC? They came to me and offered me a basic challenger rate. I said, I'm not a challenge. I'm not challenging. I'm the champion. I'm. I've never lost. I just defended my title. I brought the Trumps. I got a tweet from President Trump. That's 3.5 million in marketing. If you break down the analytics of it, it in itself, just to promote this show, I put my life on the line for this company, went to Brazil, said outlandish things where people literally want to kill me, and I had gangs in uh, Felva coming after me like they wanted something from me. So how am I a basic challenger? I'm standing up for what's right. Dude. You didn't want to, again, you did not want to fight Tyrone Woodley, which they stripped you of the title. Flat out, fight Usman. Get that ass beat. Yep, it is is what it is. Like, step up to the plate and and challenge and fight and win. If you think that you aren't a basic challenger, okay. I would sign up as a basic challenger to show that you're the champ. I just, I don't know. It is what it is. Um, I would say that I, and I understand where he's coming from because he is, he is a, a marketable person, good, good or bad. He is marketable. He's definitely shown that everybody's like he, from getting the WWE to agree to let him use Kurt Angle's theme song so that people would tell him that he sucks and he knows it to saying the shit that he said in Brazil, like, Hey, he understands the game and he's ready to play. So it is what it is. I, I give it to him. What else you got? That is, that's all I got for what the fuck is happening. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of big topics, a lot of big uh, controversial topics that were happening. Um, but we got to move this segment along. So, Anthony, why don't you give us uh, some Lincoln Love? All right, my Lincoln love is. I'm always gonna say my family, you know, because we are three weeks away from less, probably less than three weeks away from my son being here. Um, but I'm gonna shout out Miss Taken, uh, Jaden. Them are rocking out. They've had some, a couple good shows in the past few weeks that I haven't had a chance to. Um, October fifth, uh, take the day. In Topeka, Kansas, uh, Miss Taken's going to be out there, and then they're also going to be with LA Guns uh, here soon too. So, shout out to Miss Taken, local band here. I love promoting local bands here, and Jade is one of my good friends. Uh, so, shout out to her and the band. Yep, and um, Anthony, let them know where they can find you. Okay, so before you, I'm going to give you my handles. We also got to remember that uh, 22 veterans die every year. And this number has been going on for a long time, especially with what's going on. We are recording today on September 10th. Tomorrow is 9-11. Um, so tomorrow is a bigger a bigger day for some, a lot of us. For And uh, tomorrow will be a day that 
was the day that I decided that I was going to get in the military. Uh, when 9-11 happened, I think I was a freshman in high school that happened, and I said, I have to wait till my junior year, but I'm going to get in the military and protect my family and defend my family. Um, so 22 veterans die every year, every day. Um, from wars, from battles that they can't win emotionally, psychologically, uh, and I just want to shout out to them. I want to really put them on notice uh, that we're always here for you. Me and Cliff both are veterans. We both go through our own things with PTSD. Um, Julie, our the co-host, she has some sort of PTSD as well. So we all go through some stuff. But if you need us, reach out. We will answer you. And we might not immediately answer you, but I promise you, once we get to our phones and we see something, we will reach out. I mean, for God's sakes, we love to talk. We're doing a goddamn podcast. You guys can see us talk, finally. Um, so reach out. If you need us for anything, if you just need somebody to vent for, if, or to vent to, if you're going through some stuff and you just don't know what to do, what direction to take, um, reach out to us. We'll help you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Anthony Lujan1985. Uh, Twitter, Yes, I'm back. Fuck you, Calvin Clinton. And Snapchat are a Luhan1985. Add me. I'll add you. Let's send some freaky stuff. So with that being said, um, I do want to take a moment to just talk about today's kind of a special little day. And I say it in a special day kind of wholeheartedly, but as well as also known as a downer. Uh, today is na- uh, Suicide Prevention Day. So I definitely want to bring that up. Um, and I, I asked Anthony to give his handles out because this is always the first thing he talks about is 20, uh, you know, 22 veterans. Um, but knowing that somebody dies every 40 seconds because of suicide, it's, it's no, it's not a joking matter. It's not a laughing matter. It's not a weak matter. Um, we understand, right? Um, as veterans, myself and Anthony, um, Julie, just being attached, uh, to veterans as well as her going through her own thing. We all understand. We can we can empathize with you, and we understand. Like um, the journey is hard, and we get it. Um, but we just want to make sure that you guys have an outlet, and that you can reach out and you can talk to us. We try to respond as quickly as possible. Sometimes it may take longer. Sometimes it we're there immediately. Sometimes you might just catch us, and we have our phone in our hands. But we do our best to reach back out. Um, you guys can find me on all your favorite social media platforms at CM underscore Miller 85, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, what, TikTok, Snapchat, Reddit, wherever. You guys can find me in that, in that handle. Um, reach out, and we'd love to have a conversation with you guys. Don't forget to, um, this is on YouTube, so hit that subscribe button down below. Like, comment, share it with your friends. Let them know that, you know, you're a fan of this kind of content. Um, Leave a comment. Let us know what you guys think. We can't wait to interact with you guys. And with that being said, Anthony, tell them bye. Hey, right before that, hey, Cliff, flip around your hat. Let them know what's up. What are we wearing? Oh. (laughs) Football season has started, baby. I mean, sucks out what happened last night with the Raiders, but... We Bronco fans till we die. Yep. And as if you can also see too, this is actually the military hat that you know, military awareness. So 
we definitely love our troops because we were those guys too. So definitely, Anthony. All right, twenty-two guys. Yep. And as always, guys, good fight and good night.